Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Hello and welcome to episode 104 of the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast with myself, the host this week, Ross Casey. And I am absolutely buzzing because it's Wembley weekend and we are here to preview all three shows across Defy, Progress and Rev Pro. We've got ourselves some debutants on the official Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast, not just Shop Mastermind. Callum, you were a contestant who unluckily finished in the top half of Shop Mastermind, but you didn't quite manage to beat our perennial champion, the Sultan. But you're back on for your first episode of actual chatting about wrestling. Yeah. And welcome to the podcast, Callum from Scotland. How All are right. you? Hey, and I would have gone and saw him. You better watch you because I'm coming for that title. <laughs> if it was, if I didn't vote you, I would have been, I would have been champion. We need to figure out after next year's Shop Mastermind which quiz show we're doing. So we'll let you know, and then you can come up with your plan. <laughs> <laughs> and alongside him, we've got ourselves Dave the Mark making his debut on Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. He's here to talk all about Rev Pro. We're very excited to have him. He's very knowledgeable about RevPro in particular. And welcome to the podcast. How are you, Rob? Cheers, man. Thank you very much for having me. Any opportunity to talk about RevPro, I'm, uh, I'm always excited to do so. Fantastic. Good to hear. And not last but not least, for now, we have ourselves, <laughs> Josh, back on the podcast. How are you doing, Josh? Uh, yeah, well, good, mate. I, I often say on these pods at the end, it's, it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. I think it's a good time to be a British wrestling fan at the moment. We're pretty lucky we've got a pretty good weekend in London coming up. So, yeah, just mega excited for that, really. Good to hear, mate. Good to hear. So, without any further ado, let's crack on with the call-up sheets. Okay, so let's crack on. First up. Back with a vengeance, we've got ourselves Danger, Danger, Mark, Danger, Watkins. (laughs) (laughs) He's back, but this time he's asked for a shout out to his eldest, Sienna. So we don't have any social media for Sienna. We just know that her name is Sienna and she's Mark Danger Watkinson's oldest. So Josh, as someone who's (laughs) spoken about (laughs) Mark Danger Watkins previously, thoughts on Sienna? So I think for Sienna, given the previous storyline build we've had, I think she kind of like doesn't take a liking to her father. She like turns heel immediately. Okay. Uh, and she's just like an apprentice of Spike Trebay. Oh nice. Nice. So she's got yeah. like the nice clothes, you know, talks in a certain way, very articulate, certain political views maybe even. Yeah. I just think she can join Dominatus Raynum, is that right? Yep, correct. Yeah, Very well she said. Uh, <laughs> she can be a valet for Bullet in the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah valet for Bullet. Fantastic. Yep. 
<laughs> her name's Anything. Sienna, right? It was uh, Sienna, yep. Sienna, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go with uh, that she is a an Alison Kay super fan Ooh, from, nice. uh, from Alison Kay's Sienna days in Impact, and therefore she can be Alison Kay 2.0. Was it her dad whose uh, name was Danger Danger? <laughs> Danger Danger Mark. Danger Watkins, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a little bit, a little bit of a gimmick infringement on double action, action Sean, action Jackson from Rev Pro. So they could be a natural feud for the two there. Fantastic. Fantastic. Love it a lot. Callum? I don't know. I think her gimmick would probably be something like, potentially if she worked in like TNT, something high voltage, because being the son of yes. Danger Danger. Very good. Kind of drift. <laughs> Perfect. Love it. Just complete electricity. She's the she's the focal point. It's like she wants to be like the plucky young underdog baby face. It's like she hit like what Daniel Bryan was before WrestleMania 30. Love it, mate. Okay, next up we have ourselves. Rory Melberg. I want the world to hear my two cents. Josh? Uh well Melberg brings me to the famous Aston Villa centre-back Olof Melberg. Um, <laughs> so I want him to cosplay as Olof Melberg, pretty much. <laughs> that, that's it. Just his a big beard. Because he's a big, you know, defender, heads balls away. That's his finisher. This is the big headbutt. Yep. Is there any Swedish wrestlers? <laughs> um, I couldn't tell you. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, no one's coming to mind. <laughs> Sorry, our Swedish fans that are listening, but... <laughs> I think he I'd wants go, the world um, to hear his two cents, so maybe something on that. I would just show them scatter across the ground. He's tried to get double heads, and he's just dropped them completely, and I'll heard it's a crash of coins before it was Kazuchika Okada comes out. They hit one massive rainmaker and never be in such a mark. <laughs> I think he should come to the ring to a really, really bad cover version of a 50 cent song, because he's only got two cents. <laughs> um, Fantastic. And then, given the... Uh, the, what was it, Melberg, I'd go with um, a, an Australian Goldberg. He's from Melbourne, <laughs> Australia, and he's convinced he's Goldberg because he bumped his head one too many times. <laughs> Love it. And for this section of the call-up sheet, we are joined by Sophia. Sophia, how are you, mate? I'm good. Um, hey, thanks for having me. Sorry if, uh, well, this is an audio podcast, so actually we can just completely like ignore whatever I was uh, <laughs> about to reference. But um, yeah, I'm happy to join. Sorry, it's a bit of a rush and I'm joining slightly late, but i um, doing good. Fantastic. And it's a pleasure to have you on board. Thank Next you. up for the call-up sheet, we have ourselves Scott Robertson, I watch old wrestling shows on YouTube from Scotland. As he's Scottish, how about we start with you, Callum? Well, what his location is on Twitter, I'm surprised I don't know it. <laughs> because he is literally 20 miles down the road from me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, if it, so, Scott, if you do listen to this, and you do need a second pair of hands up to doing old wrestling shows, I may be your man. Always on the hustle, Callum. Mm -hmm. I love it. <laughs> Well, we don't have a gimmick, but we've got his manager sorted already then. <laughs> Anything for Scott Robertson, Dave? I mean, he's Scottish and he's Robertson. And if we stick on the football theme, he could be <laughs> the, you know, the uncle of Andy Robertson, Liverpool fullback. 
how we link that into the football uh, and link that into the, the wrestling, I immediately think of uh, Zach Gibson and the uh, the old grizzled young veterans. So maybe he mm. could be a, uh, a slightly less grizzled young veteran. He could be the handsome young veteran. Fantastic. <laughs> Love it. Next up, we have ourselves Joseph Foster. He simply says, Charles Crowley for Prime Minister. <laughs> Good shot. He's got his gimmick right there, isn't he? <laughs> he can literally, he can be the Mark Sterling for Charles Crowley around the country. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm sure he could do something gimmick-wise, like what Ian Skinner and Charlie Bice did when they were teaming up with that uh, Thatcher Wright in ICW, like trying to be some sort of polemical gimmick trying to literally push Charles as Prime Minister and to actually go full in and actually put Charles in for political power. Love it, love it. Well, I feel I like Joseph then... Foster needs to be like the press officer for Charles Crowley's <laughs> Prime Minister push. Can you imagine for a second, right, Charles Crowley wants to become Prime Minister. He could like, instead of like God Save the King, we could just all chant like twat, twat, twat. <laughs> <laughs> you know when like no. the football team has stood up waiting before a match or something? Does the whole of the stadium chanting twat? God save the twat. God. <laughs> Indeed, God save the twat. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> Next up, we've got ourselves Fully Saxed Bebe, father of two, hubby two Moana, the horniest man in the world, head coach for the <laughs> Brisbane Broncos, Five times WCW champion, Bronx Nation. Oh, I hope his children aren't old enough to to follow him on Twitter and read his Twitter bio <laughs> if he's the horniest man in the world. You can't Hopefully put that in your children. bio. Ask us for a gimmick and then not think we're going to focus on that. It's got to be, right? He has to just be an absolute... Big Dick Johnson. <laughs> Brilliant. Any thoughts on him, Sophia, for his gimmick? I'm, I'm not going to lie. I I don't even know what the gimmick is. <laughs> I get in here and I was like, hey, it's it's me. And, and then, yeah, a bit lost. But uh, so I'm going to keep it to myself because otherwise it's probably terrible content for all our lovely listeners. And, Fair uh, enough, Sophia. Yeah. Okay, so let's end it on one more, which is Parag Patel, sports fanatic, Crystal Palace. Surrey Cricket, London Broncos, Rugby League, Orlando Magic, New York Jets, Harlequins, and Williams Racing from Croydon in London. Crystal Palace of the Eagles. Yeah. We could go for an old school 90s WWF gimmick where you are literally embodying something. He can be the Eagle. Eddie the Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> he can fly to the ring on a zip wire. Nice. Safely. Safely. Yeah. <laughs> Can we have him? So, like, his life's ambition is to win, like, the Winged Eagle title. But, like, he's yeah. really unaware that that's, like, 20, 30 years out of date. <laughs> A little, like, Johnny Swinger impact style. Yeah. Uh, the time capsule of himself. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Yeah. But he's got no yeah. idea that that title has been retired for years. I also quite like the idea of him basing his gimmick weekly, dependent on which of his teams are playing. Obviously, he's got cricket, rugby league, basketball. <laughs> American football. Three sports of Foley. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Three sports of Patel. 
It works. I think we've got him there. I think we've we've absolutely nailed this lad. Cactus Will Jacks. I'm trying to think of like a sports person with love in now. Davis Love. <laughs> yeah. Davis Dude Love and um Wagner Love. <laughs> Wagner Love. <laughs> trying to put mankind in there is like not even gonna you know, I'm not even gonna try that one. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, Parag. There's your new gimmick for wrestling. That concludes the call-up sheet for this week, and we'll move on to the round table. So let's start with Copperbox Arena, Saturday, 5 p.m. start, Rev Pro. Having their biggest ever show. The venue that New Japan have done in the past and will be doing again in October, I believe. And they've booked themselves an almighty of a show with lots of New Japan wrestlers, some former WWE people, and lots of people are going to be going, including Dave and Sophia. I believe you both got tickets. That's right, oh, yes. Yeah. Conway, 11 years to the day since the first ever Rev Pro show. I've oh, been wow, going... really? Mm-hmm. I've been going yeah, since... Yes, Summer Sizzler 2012. Great stats. I've been going since 2015 myself, so like a few years behind the quote-unquote revolution, as I think they still sometimes <laughs> call it. But... Um, but yeah, looking forward. It's the first big Rev Pro show I've been to since last August, I think, where I went to one of the 10th anniversary shows. I guess this is now the 11th anniversary. So yeah, uh, really looking forward. Perfect. Great to hear. You know what, I, you know what I love most about the uh, the card, though? You say like, there's loads of New Japan regulars there. There's there's a couple of ex-WWE folk on there, but it's still so much a Rev Pro card. The match that really kind of stands out for me with that was... The Shibata and El Fantasmo versus Gabriel Kidd and David Finley match. Because I think there'll be there'll be loads of people that don't realise that Shibata is a former Rev Pro undisputed British heavyweight champion, that Fantasmo won the British J Cup and was the cruiserweight champion, and that Gabe Kidd for the last 18 months has, has travelled the country with Rev Pro, like performing from St. Neots to Southampton to Portsmouth, like all over. And that really David Finley is the only person there that doesn't have this like really detailed history with He's Rev there, Pro. Say that. Yeah, yeah, he is. And it's just, and then like for the last 12 months, every time Gabe Kidd's been in a Rev Pro a match he's he's done the the cross-legged sit in the middle of the ring at some point and it's just like he is desperate for this Shapata match and it's yeah. it's not the big singles match that we will get at some point down the line but it's a, <laughs> such a good match to to stick on halfway through what is going to be a you know a five-hour show yeah and I'm... Gabe Kidd is someone who of course at the first show of the year that we went to at the 229 got on the microphone and said that he will become the Rev Pro champion, and he's had one hell of a year as well, Dave. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. Like he's, he's obviously he's been in Japan recently, but he will be back regularly with Rev Pro. This isn't a goodbye from him um, when when he went out to to join Bullet Club. There is so much Bullet Club storyline in in Rev Pro at the moment with with Dan Maloney, with him joining the United Empire, with him turning on Osprey and then turning on Leon Slater to prove to Will Osprey that Osprey can't get in his head, that no one means anything to him except his war dogs. 
Like that match, that match is going to be unreal. Anyone that's never seen Leon Slate alive, he's going to blow their minds. Yeah, he's certainly making waves. The uh, viral, what was it that he called it? It's just like a 450 centon, is it? Yeah, the, the yeah. Swanton yeah. 450. Swanton 450, I, yeah. I just... it, it has to be seen to be really, truly... <laughs> I... Yeah, I can't fathom it. It's incredible. <laughs> I know, how that, I know in, the, uh, in the RevPro locker room, they, they often refer to him as an alien. <laughs> because they just don't understand how he can do the stuff that he can do. It is absolutely sick and unreal. Yeah. yeah. There there are two people in the Wrestling Should Be Fun group who have a bet on that started about two years ago of who will be the biggest star in wrestling between Callum Newman and Leon Slater. And they're both great picks. Picked two yeah, years yeah. ago by Dom and by James. And it's head to head, really. Two years ago. Yeah. Like two years ago, I'd, I'd never heard of Leon Slater. Yeah. And, and how yeah. far he's come. Like this, um, Sophia, when you went to the 10th anniversary show, did you go to the night that he wrestled Mike Bailey? Yeah, I did. That yeah. match absolutely blew me away. I'd seen him before in progress, maybe once or twice. I saw his match with Ricky Knight Jr., who I'm sure we'll talk about in a sec as well. But then that match, like Mike Bailey is one of the best wrestlers in the world and maybe one of the best wrestlers that Rev Pro's ever had in terms of having like the highest floor. I feel like he's never had a bad match in Rev Pro and yeah. I can't say the same about even Will Ospreay. But that match absolutely blew me away. It was only eclipsed by the main event, which had close to three years worth of story. Yeah. Uh, and then this match was just two guys, one of whom we all know was very good at professional wrestling and one of whom none of us really knew much about at all just having an absolutely blow away match and since i've you know the few times i've seen leon slater since including most recently at the 229 when he um they set up the match uh with dan maloney and he had the opener against you know a very talented person i'd not seen before called harrison bennett as well you know he's really coming into his own i think like i'd said a year ago that he seemed like one of the guys because of how young he is he must have grown up on will osprey in the same way that will osprey grew up on aj styles and you can see the influence but you can see as well like his stuff's changed a little bit in the past year and he's uh still finding himself so it's kind of really exciting to to watch him and that match i think should be pretty good i think dan maloney's like this you know i'm not one to kind of be a big bullet club fan myself but i do think like the war dogs character works for him and for gabe kid and for kind of pretty much all the people they've put in in the past sort of two months or so i feel so yeah that should be really good i'm excited for that and i definitely agree with what you're saying in general about there are big import names will Ospreay, like shingo for instance and and tomohiro ishii as well but it really is like a, a rev pro show like you know we've seen elp kind of turn baby face for the first time in japan but he had a very long baby face run here before winning that cruiserweight title so and he was very over as a baby face so it's nice to kind of see him be able to do that here where i think his matches kind of maybe get a bit of a different layout as well so i'm looking forward to that tag a lot i think the match i'm looking forward to most on the show well, actually, it's sort of split between two, and it's surprisingly not the Will Ospreay and Shingo Takagi match. I think one in terms of like an absolute kind of proving ground match where I do think the Rev Pro talent will go over is the Luke Jacobs and Tomohiro Ishii match. Um, yeah. Ishii, yeah, anyone who's seen him in Rev Pro never takes a night off in Rev Pro and like some imports. And Jacobs is just so fun to watch, so intense. 
hits really hard. I'm expecting this match to kind of remind me of those old Tomohiro Ishii and Keith Lee matches, if anyone remembers those. Oh, even the Keith, even the match that uh, Ishii had with Chris Hero. Yeah, that, that was incredible was, too. That was an incredible match as well. That was like one of the first matches. That's like one of the first matches that got me back into Rev Pro. I just yeah. looked like honestly within the past like what three years since Jake Luke Jacobs has been on an absolute rule. What is like he won the Atlas Division title in progress. He's been I'm not surprised that he hasn't been invited over for more stuff in New Japan or across the States. It's got to be on the cards, hasn't it? Like it's got to be. Yeah. He's just too talented for it to not be. Like, Michael, like okay, Michael Okoku's just been invited over for PWG, and he's starting to get his name out there. It's like it's probably, but it's it's going to be sooner rather than later. That like it wouldn't be surprising that someone across the pond yeah. isn't just talent searching. You think Luke Jacobs has got eight years on Michael Oku as well in terms of not not in terms of uh, in ring experience, but in terms of age. You think in eight years' time, like one hundred percent, Luke Jacobs is going to have, have wrestled around the world because the lad is just far too talented not to. I think this match with Ishii is going to be like the stiffest match that a lot of people have ever seen live. Yeah, we uh, spoke about um, the Copper Box match at uh, Royal Quest when Ishii knocked Kenta for six in that yeah. match, and I feel like one of these two might not get up <laughs> from this match because they well, hit each other oh, so A few yeah. months back when uh, when Luke Jacobs fought Gabe Kidd uh, in the main event at the 229, Gabe Kidd literally threw up at ringside uh, as soon as the match finished because yeah. they had battered each other so much. I don't think they quite got it on the uh, on the on-demand. I think they managed to to get the camera away from it because I don't think it's something that they'd, they'd probably want to show. But uh, but yeah, Gabe was um, was chucking it up and they had literally just battled 20 minutes of beating the absolute hell out of each other. And you've got to think, I mean, those two have got such good in-ring chemistry. They've wrestled so many times before. This will be the first time Luke Jacobs is wrestling Ishii, but something tells me that, that Ishii expects everybody to bring it to him like that because it's it's sort of like a, a badge of honour, isn't it, to have the the strong style match with the king of strong style. It's like what Absolutely. it used to be with Masawa in Noah. It's like if you didn't have a match, if you wanted to be the king, you had to face Masawa, you had to face Kabashi like back in the early noughties. But now it is now Shibata, it is now Ishii. Luke Jacobs, I wouldn't be surprised if Luke Jacobs beats Ibushi but it'll be like by like the thinnest of margins. Yeah. I can see so, it happening. Talking about predictions, I think it will. Let's, let's quickly run through the card and give a little shout out to everyone on the card and then give our predictions for each match. Mm-hmm. Starting off, we've got the Rev Pro Undisputed British Women's Title Number One Contendership Pre Show Battle Royal, easily for me to say. And they've got 10 wrestlers in this, they've currently announced three. Alexis Falcon. Who have they announced so far, mate? Because I, I know the, the full list, but I will be on my best oh. behaviour and therefore not make a prediction. <laughs> okay, Cord- so... According to Cage Match, it is Alexis Falcon, Chantel Jordan and Sapphire Reed. And Sapphire was only announced within the past couple of hours. Cool, okay. Yeah. I can add to that the, um, uh, the Portsmouth show yesterday on commentary, they confirmed that Sky Smithson will be in it. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't believe... But on the call, they announced anybody else. So I'm I'm going to stay quiet for this one because I know I know nine of the ten, and and therefore I, I don't want to uh, put my foot in it. Of those four, Sophia, is there anyone that takes your fancy? Well, when we get to the 
title match later, I'm probably expecting Alex Windsor to be retaining. So I think it's someone who's positioned kind of as a face. You could sort of go with Sky because it looked like she'd been kind of screwed a little bit, I think, recently when they did the unification match. And I think like there's kind of a bit of energy in having her as a kind of, uh, she mostly works and she's a great heel on kind of the UK companies. But I think I think people would kind of take to her as like a badass, take no shit face as well. So, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to put Sky Smithson as my pick. Might be left field. Nice. But- I mean, she is really over with the Red Pro crowd. When Alex Windsor came out at the 229 at the start of the month, there were big chants for Sky as our champion. Nice. Well, that sounds like a good pick for you, Sophia. I'm going to go with Alexis Falcon, just based on the fact that she's had a, a tremendous year with the stuff that she's doing with Charles Crowley, with the stuff in progress that she did with Nina Samuels was fantastic. They put a lot of effort into hyping that match and the match itself had every right to fall apart because it was quite a complicated match, but it absolutely over-delivered. Fantastic match. And I think that it could be her time to... Pick up a big win in a big venue. Next up, we've got ourselves... Red Pro Queen of the Ring as well. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So obviously, obviously yeah. she's, she's got the backing of, uh, of Rev Pro, although we haven't seen her in 2023 yet. She is the queen of Rev Pro, she says. Oh, nice. Next up, oh, we have you... ourselves the Rev Pro Undisputed British Cruiserweight title six-way scramble match where we've got the champion, Connor Mills. Defending against Wild Boar, Robbie X, Jordan Brakes, the aforementioned Callum Newman, and someone who made weight in front of a live crowd, Shah Which Samuels. Which is surprising. Like, what was it? Like a 205 weight class and he comes in at 204 and a half? That is right. And, and, and from what I understand, a shoot weight as well. Wow, that's impressive. He has worked his socks off and and you, you can even see the from March to now when he when he came out at York Hall at number thirty in the rumble to last time I saw him in person was the start of the month, um, in the two two nine. Like he is he's literally getting leaner and leaner every single week. Yeah, he looked great in that match. He was moving really well and yeah, I'm yeah. happy he's back. I think uh, it'll be fun to have him in the scramble as well, because he seems to be ridiculous. He was in that wild wild 10-man tag in York Court. Yeah. I think that kind of scramble's got a similar kind of energy. There's a few of the same wrestlers in that 10-man tag in, in this scramble. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Because you've got three kind of classic cruiserweights in Mills, Robbie X, and Callum Newman. Then you've got Jordan Brakes, who's the submission expert, Wild Boar, who's kind of the stocky brute. And then you've got the newly slimmed down Charles Simon. So there's a really nice balance in those six wrestlers. Yeah, absolutely. Now you mention it, they were all in the 10 man tag. Yeah, it's going to, I think it's styles, you know, it's going to, well, I mean, we, we all do scrambles that can get, all get a bit crazy, but I think there'll be some interesting spots kind of based off the different kind of body types and wrestling styles. As for predictions, I think, uh, I think Mills is uh, keeping that title. I see there's a money match down the line with him and Oku going up against each other again at some point. And Rev Pro, like, doing uh, champion versus champion matches. They used to do a lot of heavyweight champion versus one of the tag champs. Or, and then that very famous Osprey versus Oku match, which was heavyweight versus cruiserweight champ. So I could see something like that happening. Is there anyone on the podcast who's going against Mills? 
everything that just... Sophia just said, I'm backing. My the only thing I'll say is, whilst my my head says Mills because it's it feels like it's the logical thing. I think there's a big rematch with Robbie X one on one coming as well. My heart says Shah Samuels because wouldn't it be amazing for him to be the Grand Slam champion, former tag champion, former heavyweight champion, and now cruiserweight champion? But in um, the East End as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We are at my home of the East End of London there as well, yeah. The heart does say Shah, but I'm going to say Carl Newman. Like, I think it's, it's his time that he should... He like, could, could easily run with Cruiserweight Champion. I'm only saying this because I believe that Conor Mills is going to is going to do something in the main event we, we Michael, and it's going to end up being Conor versus Michael 2 for the Heavyweight Championship at some point down the road. I know there may be one or two other members of the retro roster that might say nah Connor you've got a week you're tired I want a shot at Michael first but it could t- I don't know but then by December January we could easily get that match nice. there's, so, there's yeah. so many different like permutations it's why I love Rev Pro so much because although I write for the website and I preview their, their stuff I can't always see exactly where things are going and every week I'm surprised like even even yesterday I was surprised when Maya Matthews went over Sky Smithson in their match the one thing that, that I'll add is that Callum Newman was the last person to be seen with the Cruiserweight title. He was the one who held it aloft in Portsmouth yesterday. And he has said that this is his last show before he goes out for his first tour of Japan and that he intends on taking the belt with him and he intends on taking the belt to Japan with him. So they, uh, Great Okan had the heavyweight title in Japan for, what, six months, eight months? They're not afraid to have a title go away for a little while and it come back for the, the big York Hall moment. So mm. look at the times that Wells had the belt. Look at the times that yeah. Shibata had the belt, Suzuki had the belt. The tag belts were on Suzuki Gumizaki in, in Minoru. It's like Red Pro ain't feared to just say that I know if we're going to hit go and show off the belt for the next like two things. All four of their championships, all four of their championships can headline any show. If the cruiserweight belt disappears for a couple of months, then, you know, we have the women's belt. We've got Michael Oku, the defending heavyweight champion. Uh, that gimmick w- would work really, really well. There's there's loads that can be done there. So I think there's, there is really a good case to put forward for every one of those six guys to walk out with the belt. Fantastically put. Next up, we've got ourselves a singles match between JJ Gale and I might butcher this name. Apologies if I do. Kosei Fujita. I must admit that I don't know much about him. Uh, Dave, can you fill me in? Yeah, sure. So Fujita is, um, he is Zack Sabre Jr.'s apprentice. He is his protege and a member of TMDK out in Japan. At Epic Encounter, JJ Gao came out to uh, Zack and said that he wanted him at the Copper Box. Uh, Zack said that he didn't think JJ was on his level and therefore he would have to fight Ichibon Sweetboy, his, his protege, which is Fujita. Uh, I spoke to Fujita earlier this week and he told me that although he thinks that it is amazing that JJ wants a, an, an inevitable match with Zack Sabre Jr., he needs to make sure that he doesn't stumble at the first hurdle and uh, he doesn't doesn't get swept away. So he's definitely definitely up for it. I had a sit-down interview with JJ Gao uh, on Saturday. I went down to the Portsmouth School to wrestling. Uh, I had a sit-down with him and he is like so pumped for this match. He said that his destiny this year is to fight Zack Sabre Jr. one-on-one. And if he has to get through Fujita first, that's fine. But he wants Zack to be watching because everything he does to Fujita, he's going to do to Zack. So my my money is hands down on a JJ Gal win here. Big JJ Gal moment. Nice. I must admit, um, I'm pretty new to JJ Gale. I've seen him a few times at 229. And I saw him in the Revolution Rumble where he had a really good run in that match. 
and I've always been really impressed with him. And my brother went to see Chaos Pro Wrestling last week and made his debut there, and he was also really impressed. So I'm going to go with JJ Gale as well. Um, Sophia? I'll go with JJ. It's cool to see him getting the stage. I think maybe kind of one weakness you could point to some Rev Prosh past few years, or maybe even slightly before the pandemic, is it felt like they had a difficult time getting these contenders kind of become stars or kind of get bigger positions on the card sometimes but JJ has you know worked really hard and managed it and like I've seen him at the same kind of 229 shows that you have and I was very impressed um, especially early at the start of this year I think he went against Gabe Kidd uh, a very fast-paced match that I thought was good so yeah I, I'll go with JJ um, I'm interested to kind of see where they put this one on in the show i have a feeling it could be the opener unless they've announced that the scramble is opening like before i know there's the battle i believe is mentioned as the pre-show so uh yeah, yeah the, um, um, the women's yeah. battle royal is is the pre-show at five o'clock then yeah. the main card starts at 5 30 i think i think they start with the cruiserweight title they've, they've started a few shows with the cruiserweight title i think there's something about getting somebody like a robbie x in there and yeah. getting the crowd on their feet from the very, very start. And I think they go Fujita and JJ as the second match, but there's yeah. no insider knowledge there. That That's just my prediction. I don't that's know the, the running order for the event. That's probably the best way the card is. You probably leave like some of the heavy hitter New Japan guys for, like, right at the end so folk get their money's worth. Yeah. Will you make uh, it a yeah. clean sweep for JJ Gale here, Callum? Yeah, I'm probably going to say JJ as well. Uh, I know Fujita said like, he did a very good match. We catch 22 last night over an impact but i'd probably say it's a whole boy that wins that much nice next up dave gave us a really nice little brief storyline breakdown of the reason that dan maloney and leon slater are wrestling so let's not go too much into that as we're racing against time but what do people think is going to happen in this one starting with sophia uh probably a dan maloney win i think if i had to pick one of the two yeah i think they're being quite careful with leon but you know, he's puts in these amazing showings and stuff, but he's always sort of at the same time been a bit of the nearly man on the big shows. And I think with Dan's kind of recent turn and having kind of one of the junior tag titles as well, I think they'll, you know, might be by very underhanded means, but I could see him probably walking away with the win here or escaping somehow. And your thoughts on it, Callum? Yeah, I'd probably say, I'd probably say Drozilla wins. Like I know it's I know Leon's gonna try his best, but Dan's just got that power behind him. Yeah, he sure does. And a sick finisher. And mm. lastly, Dave. Yeah, yeah, it's a clean sweep. I think Dan wins. I know Rev Pro like to use their big shows to set up the next big show. There isn't a York Hall announced for the rest of the year, but I know that the, the plans are in place to have one towards the end of the year, probably in December. And I think you get Will Ospreay versus Dan Maloney as a, a headliner or as the semi-main on that show. And I think we set that up here. Oh, nice. Here's your Christmas presents, boys. <laughs> yeah. Next up, we've got ourselves a Rev Pro undisputed British women's title freeway match with champion Alex Windsor defending against Hyan and Mickey James, an absolutely brilliant get from Rev Pro here, of course, the wife of Nick Aldis. She's wrestled at WrestleMania in some classic matches against the likes of Trish Stratus. And she's going to be in the copper box wrestling for the British women's title. Unbelievable stuff. Sophia, does that excite you? Can I jump in there, mate? Just one yeah, second. Sure, yeah. Card subject to change. Okay. That is providing high hands fit. Oh, right. Okay. So uh, yesterday in Portsmouth, she was scheduled to fight Maya Matthews and Sky Smithson jumped her from behind and took her out. 
Sky then interjected her into the match and wrestled Maya Matthews and on the promo gave the call that if Hyann isn't ready for Saturday, she'll take her spot. Wow. I don't think anything changes. I think we still very much have Hyann, Mickey James and Alex Windsor, but that that little seed of doubt has been put in there from uh, from Rev Pro officials. So that could be uh, helpful to your prediction there, Sophia, of of, uh, Sky Smithson winning the Battle Royal and entering it into that match as a four-way, maybe. Maybe, yeah. I hadn't even thought about that, but, um, you know, you can do like a very, there's room, I think, for like a very kind of intense, fast paced kind of booking move, especially on such a big show. So especially because, you know, in my other predictions, I think I, I'm not seeing my other predictions. I mean, spoilers for ahead, but I'm not seeing any of the titles changing. So for sure, I think, um, you know, with that in play, you could definitely do something like that. Does the booking of Mickey James excite you? I think it would have maybe kind of a year ago or two years ago when she was doing the uh, sort of, you know, if I lose, I'm done type run and yeah. impact kind of recently. But uh, we'll see. I mean, yeah, she's a huge name and stuff. It just felt, it didn't feel like a very kind of Rev Pro. It felt like a slightly older style of Rev Pro pick to just have a big former WWE name. It sort of reminded me of the time they randomly got Kurt Angle, which was amazing. But um, it feels a little different from kind of, there are other recent game plans, so it was interesting. Fair, fair. Callum, your thoughts on this match? Yeah, I'd probably say it's an announcement to retain unless for some reason Sky gets involved in that match at some point and says, like, yeah, no, what? I'm not waiting, I'm wanting my chance, I want to be women's champion and I'm taking it now and just it ends Alex Windsor's reign and just takes it and we just see the end of the, the end of the night. Sky's the new British women's champion. Something could happen like that, we don't know. And Dave? Yeah, I think Alex Windsor retains. I, I am really excited to see Mickey James. I'm a big hardcore country fan. Um, I loved everything that, that, especially that she she's done in Impact over the years. And I think that she's someone that always delivers. So I think she will come. She will come to Rev Pro and put on one hell of a performance. And I think they'll it'll be it's a great get for them as well. There's a lot of a lot of young talent in Britain that will benefit tremendously from being backstage with her for the day and and learning from her. Uh, and I think that it will be, I think it will be a quality match. I really do. But I do think Alex Windsor retains. I think we've got a big, we need Alex Windsor versus Maya Matthews. We need a one-on-one Alex Windsor versus Danny Luna. We need a one-on-one Alex Windsor versus Sky Smithson. This is Hyann's last appearance. It, it, if she is fit, it's her last appearance in the UK for a while. She's promised that if she wins the title, she's taking it with her. And as we said, with Callum Newman, and they're not afraid to do that. She said that she will take it all around Europe and the US, which is where she's heading from here. But I do think that I think there's something in the the Iron Age of the Iron Willed Alex Windsor lasting a very long time, especially now she's she's a heel. I, I feel a reign of terror coming. Oh, nice. And next up, we've spoken about it a little bit. So let's just go straight into the predictions for this one. El Fantasmo and Shibata versus Finley and Kid. Uh, Sophia, what's your prediction for this one? Uh, ELP and Shibata, I think. There's kind of a few kind of possible New Japan title challenges as well you can set up depending on uh, who pins who coming out of that, whether they go for a, a second round of Finley and ELP. I, I know they had a match at Dominion. Or if ELP, I imagine he would have to find a different tag partner, but if he pins Kid, you know, could go for those uh, strong tag team titles, I think. So, yeah, that, that's who I'm going with. I think it'll be a you know, huge moment for the crowd as well. And Callum? I'll probably say LP and Shabbat. I think Shabbat gets the upper hand on Gabe saying, like, 
I might have taught you, but I haven't taught you everything. Like Shabbat just gets that one final penalty kick on game. It's like you've still and like just calls him out. It's like you might you're still a young lion. It's like you haven't real reached your full potential yet. And it might end up being Shabbat game in Tokyo. <laughs> Shabbat game. It's one of the matches, whether it be on the next New Japan tour. <laughs> Fingers crossed, Tokyo Dome. Ha ha ha. But you never <laughs> Fingers know. Fingers crossed, your call. Uh, <laughs> right, your call as well. You could easily do it, your call. And yourself, I, Dave? Um, yeah, so I think I think there's some really good arguments there. Both Sophia and Callum have put forward. I'm actually going to go the other way, though. I think that the Bullet Club War Dogs will win. I think there'll be some shenanigans. I think it'd be a little bit of a dirty one. But I think that Gabe having that, he got a victory over Shibata, even if it is him pinning ELP, even if it is something that very clearly wasn't a clean win, I think it gives him something to go into to demand that singles match. And yeah, I think, I think it will be in New Japan. I'm going to manifest it into existence by keep saying <laughs> it's going to be in New York Hall because then I get to go and watch it and I cannot... I, I, would absolutely love to see it live. Maybe I can save my pennies up and get a flight to Japan. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to go War Dogs. Well, you did mention shenanigans, and apart, and according to Cage Match, Gado is ringside, so you might yes, know something. Yes, yes, he is. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we've got ourselves the Rev Pro Undisputed British Tag Team Titles with Subculture of Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews, who of course are also currently the Impact Tag Team Champions. Up against the Velocities, the Australians who made it big recently with their match against Aussie Open. This one is going to be absolutely brilliant fun. What's your thoughts on it, Sophia? This should be, yeah, I think it'll be a ton of fun. Um, I think Subculture have kind of really seized the moment kind of coming out of NXT UK and kind of make, you know, I think using... Mark Andrews's kind of previous time in Impact and getting in there and getting those tag titles was really cool for them. And, you know, they, they've been great from the little I've seen of them back here as well. Um, so I, I think they retain as a prediction. But yeah, I think this match should just be a bit all over the place in, in a good way. <laughs> in a good way, absolutely. Callum? I would probably say subculture retain, but for the love of God, just give us another Velocity's Aussie Open match. <laughs> the match they had last year was brilliant. We need, like, especially, like, their match in the British Tag League. Just give us, give us another one, please. <laughs> <laughs> we want more. And Dave? Yeah, I think, I think it's clean sweep. I think subculture win. Uh, I think, um, as Sophia said earlier, her predictions are that a clean sweep of retentions. I think the fact that we had Epic Encounter where we had a clean sweep of new champions, I don't think there's going to be many, if any, title changes. I don't think this one changes. What I do think is this is brilliant booking because you can put on a match like Shabata and ELP versus Gabe Kidd and and David Finley. And the way that Gabe Kidd wrestled the G1, that they might go all over the copper box, like in that match. You've then got a match like Ishii versus Luke Jacobs, which is just going to be, you know, it's a certain type of wrestling fans wrestling match that. It's 100% my type of wrestling. It's but I know some people where it's not completely up, you know, their cup of tea. So you stick this match in between and you've got 100 miles per hour tag team wrestling, the amount of like um, dual offense that they can do. This, this could go 15 minutes. It could go 12 minutes. It could go 10 minutes and it will be 
like a fantastic palate cleanser. And I don't mean that in a negative in any possible way, because I love all four lads involved and I think they're top quality, but they go 100 miles an hour. I was literally talking to somebody yesterday about Rey Mysterio versus uh, Kurt Angle in 2002. There is proof that a wrestling match doesn't have to go long for it to be like world class. And, and this can be exactly that. So, yeah, I do think subculture attain, but I think it will be, there'll be people going into this who don't know who the velocities are, and there'll be people coming out of it who are desperate to want to watch them again. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. Next up, we have the match that you were all waxing lyrical about at the start Tomohiro Ishii versus Luke Jacobs. Two hard hitting, big, meaty men, but who's going to win? Sophia. I think Jacobs. I think uh, Ishii's sort of been positioned a little bit down the card in New Japan this year compared to even just last year. I know he's got a, a lot of cachet uh, in RevPro from you know being a two-time heavyweight champ, I think. Yeah, I saw him win that belt back, actually. That was very surprising. But I think this could be a, a huge kind of star-making moment for Jacobs. And I think um, it won't hurt Ishii to take the loss. I can't see an Ishii win being used for much. Otherwise, I think they would have done something already in the G1. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I think this is a Luke Jacobs win and he'll, you know, should hopefully really kind of make him to a wider audience. Absolutely. Callum? I'd probably say Luke Jacob, like I said, Luke Jacob wins. Uh, like, by the end of the match, there only, there's only going to be one word to describe it. It's got four layers and it's just known as beef. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Dave? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I know like Andy Quilden has talked about this match being one that he's he's putting a lot of expectation on because he knows there'll be lots of people that are coming for Osprey and Shingo, but they need to stay. If they're gonna if we're gonna grow the ref pro audience, they're gonna stay for people like Luke Jacobs and RKJ and Robbie X and Michael Oku and Connor Mills. This match I think is gonna be Luke Jacobs' star making performance. Not not for us, we've we've seen it, but for the wider world. I think Sophia's absolutely right. There isn't a lot of benefit of Ishii winning other than the fact that his personal pride and the respect that he deserves from an incredible career says that someone like him can come in and pick up a big victory. But I think that this will do wonders for Luke Jacobs. And we have to remember, before Trent Seven did what he did at Epic Encounter, it was Luke Jacobs who was lying up the belt. And it was him and Michael Oku, kind of quite friendly, but like, making it quite clear to each other I'm yeah, next I'm coming for yeah. that belt that will be part of one of many avenues that whoever wins that main event will will be looking at because there's there's a lot of matches that can happen between now and this time next year for that Rev Pro Heavyweight Championship uh, and Luke Jacobs I think will definitely be be involved and also I mean even if we go back to the Revolution Rumble when Luke Jacobs and Trent Seven were in the Rev Pro Rumble together in the centre of the ring, there was a lot of respect from Trent Seven towards Luke Jacobs. So there's very much a, right, come on then, young gun, give it to me. <laughs> and uh, and Luke Jacobs, when he wrestled Charles Samuels in St. Neitz, was calling him the old-timer. He, I, I believe that phrase was used in the 229 with Trent as well. I think there's definitely a a changing of the guard being felt in Rev Pro from, from those guys. And I think that it doesn't matter whether it's Oku or Trent Seven, they've got Luke Jacobs coming up. Yeah, for a young man, he's got uh, no lack of self-confidence as Luke Jacobs. <laughs> I mean, uh, to wear his Manchester City shirt to, uh, I mean, basically that's his, if I stick my City shirt on, the fans will boo me and then I can play heel for this match. It's genius. <laughs> <laughs> 
I kind of hope as well um, for this match that he's got Ethan in his corner, someone who's struggled so much with injury as it's such a big show. Hopefully he's able to be I'd on the show so. in some respect. Next up, we've got ourselves the Battle of the Juniors, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Ricky Knight Jr. Sophia, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, we haven't talked much about this match. I think Zack will win. I think you can kind of see it's interesting how they're sort of paralleling Ricky Knight and Michael Ooku, like both of them have uh, kind of big wins, but also some kind of big notable losses at different points on their records. And often they sort of happen, one wins and the other one has a rough moment and vice versa. So I'm seeing Zach going over. Um, one thing to mention as well is Zach beat, I believe, Michael Ooku on the Revolution Rumble show before Ooku won the Rumble. Um, did, so yeah. Zach is... You know, probably one of the hardest wrestlers to beat in RevPro. You know, I, I singles, I'm pretty sure I may have only seen him lose once, which was to Osprey right before the pandemic. And he's got that New Japan television title as well. So I could see, I, I see him probably winning here and it's sort of being used as kind of fuel for Ricky Knight being kind of more resentful and stuff kind of coming out of uh, a loss to Okan. Uh, the rematch for his title and, and then now this and with the sort of recent beef he's had with uh oku a little bit at the 229 i could kind of also uh see you know something like that playing a, a role and Callum, yeah i'd probably say zach wins because he's the better he's the more experienced wrestler but ricky's still going to give him a good show in this might actually be like the match that's like that might put ricky knight jr on a slightly bigger stage I know he has been kicking. He's been kicking around the block for a couple of years, but this could be the match where it's like, "Hey, Uncle Tony, maybe you should be paying attention to Ricky Knight Jr. You've already got his aunt underneath your wing. There's no problem taking another night under your family." Like hey. Wembley, Wembley good is pun. the next night. Wembley is the next <laughs> night. So <laughs> another good pun. <laughs> and Dave, uh, do you know what? I, I'm. This is probably the match that I go back and forth on the most. Um, Sophia's spot on I completely agree with her Zack Sabre Jr. is one of the hardest to beat wrestlers in Rev Pro he doesn't lose often at all and when she said that um, Oku and RKJ's kind of stories run quite parallel I really like that because RKJ in many people's eyes is still the champion of, of Rev Pro that he is like the the uncrowned champion you've then got the fact that he failed to regain his title on the same night that Oku lost to Zack Sabre Jr. He could then lose to Zack Sabre Jr. on this night, which slows down his momentum and stops him from challenging for either Oku or Trent coming out of it. And it just gives him something else to work with. There's so many different directions they can go with because we haven't had a payoff to Rampage Brown costing RKJ the championship at the oh, Revolution yeah, yeah. Rumble. Six months have passed. Zach's had a match with Rampage, but Ricky hasn't. Is there a chance that we play into that? Gideon Gray said that there's no way that anyone's stopping him from being at the Copper Box, but he doesn't have a match announced. So is there a chance that he plays into it by, by being with Rampage and there being something there? Has it been too long since we went in that direction that we're just going to move away from it now? I don't know. But I think there's a really good case for both of them. But... Again, it's, it's head and heart. My heart, my head says Zach. My heart says Ricky. Beautifully put. And next up, we've got ourselves a dream rematch of arguably the match of the year from last year. Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay. 
a match that surely is going to be selling tickets left, right and centre for Rev Pro. And it's clearly got you through the door, Sophia. But who do you think is coming out on top of this one? Osprey, probably. I, I really don't have too much to say about this one. There was obviously the match they announced first and would be the immediate kind of ticket seller to New Japan watching fans and stuff. But um, uh, as far as I you know, no, Shingo does not have a singles match at, in front of 80,000 people the next day, and Osprey does. So I see Osprey kind of winning. To be honest, it feels very, uh, I guess it's probably because this doesn't really need more building than their previous New Japan matches and stuff. But of all the matches, I feel like this one has like the least Rev Pro build. So yeah, it's sometimes it's almost kind of strange that it's, you know, I think the match that you know, most people would probably expect to be the best in-ring match just based off the two people and what they've done before. But um, we've not been talking about this one so much, you know, in discussing the show. It's more like what might happen in the heavyweight title match or, you know, will Jacobs beat Ishii? So, yeah, I, I think Osprey will win. I think it'll be, you know, a very good match, but, you know, quite decisive as well. Yep. Another Will Osprey Dream Factory match at Rev Pro. Callum, who's your winner? I'm definitely going for Will. I would actually say to Andy, can you please put Shingo on well as your main event? Because I believe it is slightly a it more... Is. It is the main is event. event. That is confirmed, yeah. Okay, it's definitely going uh, on last. Okay, if that's going on last, can I just put a, a prediction out there? Jericho, if you are, you are in London, show up to Copper Box. Show up. You don't even have to get physical with Will. Just show up at the end of the main event. That's my prediction. Uh, if Judas hits, uh, the crowd will go absolutely nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I think Osprey wins. And I think that as as the celebrations begin, Judas hits, Jericho no. comes down. We have a stare no. down. We don't, we don't need to get physical. Osprey, oh, no, Osprey needs to call him out. Osprey just needs to go full. Full, full Billy Go. Needs to go full Billy Go. And like how his promo was against Kenny, he needs to have yeah, that same energy against Chris. It's like. You don't come into my backyard thinking you're the. Yeah. I can't really swear. Don't you, come into my F- manor. You can't come into my manor. I think you're the goat. I'm Billy the effing yeah. goat. Like Wembley's my backyard, mate. It's like it doesn't matter if it's here in here in Wembley or if it's in Canada or if it's in Japan. I'm the effing goat, and like I'll prove it to you more. I think it's it, it makes so much sense to do it. I think Jericho would be up for it. I think I'm, that he's got a ton of respect for Michael Oku. Um, Michael Oku was on Talk is Jericho and they said mm-hmm. about like he'll 100% get him in AEW to do something on like at that point Dark which which doesn't exist now so you think if you're going to if you're going to get him on Dark you're, you're effectively talking about getting him in on Rampage, like Ring Rampage. and then I think Andy's got a really good working relationship with AEW it's not a it's not a New Japan relationship but they are on good terms. That is canon. That is official. Uh, I think it does, from what I understand, AEW are at Crystal Palace tonight. They're in Selhurst Park. Yeah, I'll have to go downstairs they... after this podcast and check the, uh, yeah, so check the game. I think I it's on right now as we're recording. They're going to be popping up throughout the week in London for different things. So, I, yeah. And I know that everyone is running a show this weekend. But if they're going to work with anybody, it's going to be Rev Pro because they've got the working relationship with New Japan. AEW have got a working relationship with New Japan. They've got some shared talent in Will Ospreay. And is there, and Sh- I mean, even like Shabata's wrestled for Tony Khan quite regularly for for a Shabata schedule in Ring of Honor. I think that there's 
there's a really good chance it happens. And it would also explain why this match is definitely like, Andy's been very, very adamant, this match headlines. Every every Friday on the weekly Rev Pro question and answer on Twitter, uh, or on X, whatever we're calling it now, people have asked what match headlines. Normally, he's very much like, well, it wouldn't be a surprise if, you know, if we gave away the surprises, he's been crystal clear. Osprey Shingo headlines every single week. Well, if you're a Chris Jericho fan and you're listening, you could get your hat trick ball because he's playing Kentish Town with Fozzie on the Friday. It could be at Rev Pro on the Saturday and Wembley on the Sunday. So if you're a Jericho holic, the dude doesn't take a day boots. off, does he? He does not take a day off. <laughs> Maybe he'll do the hooked on show on Monday as well. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I doubt that one, but. <laughs> And last but not least, we've got ourselves the British Heavyweight Championship match between the champion, Michael Oku, and the man that stole his belt and ran out of York Hall with it, Trent Seven. Massive match, but who's going to win? Sophia? I think Oku, this one feels like the most could go either way one for me, outside of maybe, obviously, the the rumble on the pre-show. This one, you know, Rev Pro like their heel title reigns, especially for that heavyweight belt, and... You know, it wouldn't feel unfamiliar to have, you know, Trent deny Oku his chance to hold that belt and, and show off on the grandest stage RevPro have done. But I, I do think Oku will beat Trent. I am very excited for this match. I think Trent has really, really committed to being this just absolute awful, without any redeeming features whatsoever, heel. <laughs> um, I'm not necessarily so sold on like him having a stable with, Levi Moore just yet but um because I uh, honestly like Trent sort of being a bit on his own but having to work together with the other heels in that five on five tag match just seemed to work as a dynamic and him having pawns sort of works against this guy who's just absolutely now a bit older and physically outgunned and not as fast and stuff like that and just having to survive somehow so we'll see what happens but um I do think Oku will get that belt back and he'll get to hold it in front of the big crowd and stuff. And I, I think the match will probably deliver in, in ring. Like, I think they're going to beat each other up. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> Callum? Yeah, I'd probably say, but with the way that Michael's being Brickford, just it, honestly, I think, they, I think they keep the belt on him. For just now, probably no offense to Trent, no offense to Trent. And his. Time being a heavyweight champion and being the face of the company, it's kind of past. But he's still a good time to help him stand by. Like, okay, whoever is next for Michael, it could end up being Luke Jacobs, it could end up being Zach. It's like they are probably would be a slightly better opponent for Michael than for Trent. It's I don't know, I don't know, but I can't predictions wise, I'll probably say Michael, but I can't see Michael holding the title into twenty twenty four. Okay. So Michael fair. gets him. I say Michael gets another three to four months and then drops the title because I believe because there's nothing stopping Michael going to go and do like super junior tag league with someone. Yeah. Well, Dave did mention that a York Hall show is on the horizon, so perhaps that's where he does drop the belt. Mm-hmm. And let's end on you, Dave, as you're leaving us after this match. What are your thoughts on this one? I think Trent walks out with the belt. Ooh. I really do. I'm not even sure if I woke up thinking that today. But I think I'm going to bed thinking it. <laughs> I think, I mean, first of all, like from a like massive respect to Michael Oku, he had his crowning moment. He had his Ricky Knight Jr. moment, uh, epic encounter that RKJ had last summer. And RKJ had 
all of the everything that the Oku had. He had all the wrestlers come out. He had the confetti. He had all the fans leaving massive smiles on their faces. And Oku had that all taken away from him. Uh, mate, like first of all, huge respect to him for doing business like that. And I think he's gonna do it again. I think that I think Michael Oku really does enjoy being the lovable baby face that everybody just wants to will into success. And I think that there is something in it. There's, I don't know if you guys are fans of Impact, but when Josh Alexander finally won the Impact title and Moose cashed in on him and took it away from him in front of his wife and his son. And it was just, I remember watching it just gasping. You know, I watch a lot of wrestling and I, I don't have those kind of, shock moments as much as I did when I was when I was younger but that really got me I think it's going to happen again and then I think there's really something in I'm a big fan of Levi Muir again I met him last week he is an intense and scary dude and (laughs) I think that that guy has unlimited potential and I think that I mean if if you haven't watched it yet go on refproondemand.com and watch live in Portsmouth from yesterday if you haven't got the time to watch the whole two-hour show, fast forward to the last 20 minutes and watch the main event. Watch Michael Oku versus Levi Mule because Levi's got the ultimate kind of monster heel energy. Like, you are going to need to... It's the horror movie. You've got to shoot the bad guy 10 times in order for us to actually believe he's not going to come back one more time. And he, he's got that going on. And I think there's there's really something in Trent getting him over... MJF Wardlow style, Triple H Batista style, and then at some point Levi turning on Trent. I don't want to see a babyface Levi run because I love this heel so much. I didn't enjoy it as much when he was threatening me across a table in a pub in South <laughs> London and I was like literally sweating buckets. And if you haven't read the article on Repro's website under the microscope with Levi Muir, check it out because like genuinely sweating into my pint whilst I chatted to him. But <laughs> I think that there is really something in that partnership. And I think Trent, when he won dirty against Shah Samuels, uh, um, Epic Encounter, he walked past me on the ramp and he leant down to me and uh, he said, and I can't remember what, whether he's, it was, he's either 41 or he's 43. Uh, apologies, Trent, for, for, for getting it wrong. But he leant down to me and he said, I'm 43 years old. Sometimes you just got to win however you have to win. And he said it was such a cheeky smile um, and I was chatting to him on the merch stand at, um, at the break, and it's like, oh, all is forgiven. You know, you're a cheeky scamp who got one over on your old mate, Shah Samuels. But I really want to see one last Trent Seven run, one last big-time Trent Seven run. I think he's still got it in him. He beat Michael Oku in Stevenage uh, earlier this year. That match, like, was, was a fantastic. It'll be, a, you know, one of the matches we look back on as Pro fans at the end of the year. And I think that he's got that in him. And with Levi, he's got the constant bit of hill heat. And I think that with Great O'Khan, we got all the hill shenanigans, but we only got it really twice. We got it at Uprising against Zack Knight and we got it at uh, the Rumble against Ricky Knight. I think that we can have it on a regular with Trent and with Levi. And then at what I'm assuming and I'm taking a, a punt here, what I'm assuming will be uprising 2023 at your call in December, that's where Michael can win it. And that's where he can be the champion going into 2024 because he didn't have it at this point. I don't want it to happen. I will say that. I really want Michael to win and I want him to, to lead out. But I think that the whole fan base is going to be with Michael Oku 
and therefore it is a really good opportunity to get the emotions rife from uh, from him not having it. Sometimes in wrestling, want and need are very different things, Dave. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, mate. A hundred percent, I'm with you. So, Dave, that wraps up Rev Pro. Um, is there anything that you wanted to plug whilst we've got you? Plug the Rev Pro website. Uh, I write for the Rev Pro website, so if you get on there and you read previews and takeaways under the microscopes, this week's in history, stuff like that, it's, it all comes from me. If you want to follow me, I'm at Dave the Mark on uh, X. I'm at Dave dot the dot Mark on Insta. Uh, <laughs> someone took Dave the Mark. Who could possibly have done that? Um, but yeah. Um, effectively RevPro fanboy and RevPro superfan who's been able to get the gig of a lifetime doing some writing and interviewing for him so yeah like feel free to to follow send me messages uh, chat to me in DMs and if you want any recommendations on RevPro stuff on me man and uh, thank you ever so much for having me it's been great if ever you want me back for RevPro stuff I will always be more than happy pleasure to have you on Dave and enjoy this, the show on Saturday and Wembley on Sunday cheers guys thank you ever so much Cheers, Dave. So, without any further ado, let's crack on with Defy the Splendid and the Vile. Back in the ballroom, early start, midday. We kick off with AEW superstar Nick Wayne. Obviously, has picked up his first AEW win last week on Dynamite with Darby Allen. He takes on Casey Navarro of defy fame what are your thoughts on that one josh um so i've not seen any of casey navarro stuff but i have heard his name a lot so yeah i'm quite looking forward to it really i've been aware of nick wayne for a few years obviously seen more of his stuff in recent years i've never not been wowed by him uh, and we get to see him twice in one day which is quite extraordinary so yeah really looking forward to that one absolutely uh, callum have you ever seen casey navarro yeah I- i've watched some of navarro stuff before i watched the stuff like when they were in Ring of Honor during the pandemic of what they were I think they're still Warrior Wrestling Champion I've seen some of their stuff there probably say Nick Wayne wins it Would you say to the listeners that Casey is going to be a fun person to go uh, up against Nick Wayne? Yeah it's a, it's a more cruiserweight lucha libre style match if you enjoy that style of wrestling it's, like, it's probably going to be like Navarro can be a right dick of a heel when they want to but I'd probably say more yeah, I could probably see Nick Wayne win it. It, dep- it depends how flipping complicated booking you want to get with like everything that's happened over in Dynamite recently with yeah. Strickland and Fox. It depends on because Defy is basically one of Strickland's like... Correct, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like where a lot of the history is for these wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. I could see... I, well, depends to see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there is obviously the chance of the likes of Strickland and Darby Allen being in the ballroom, which is very exciting. And if not, then we get ourselves a absolute banging cruiserweight match between Casey and Nick Wayne. Looking forward to it. And moving on from there, we've, we're moving away from the cruiserweights and we're going to the Pacific Northwest heavyweight title match <laughs> between Shaft and Kidd. Gabriel Kidd. Shaft, oh, who of course, God. isn't the Sultan. But it's a shame that that it's not the same. (laughs) (laughs) Gabriel Kidd, someone that we've obviously seen at Rev Pro. He's going to be on the Rev Pro show later in the day and New Japan. And he's up against Shaf, who I believe is even bigger than Gabriel Kidd is, right? Oh, Shaf is a monster. If Gabe Kidd is not dead before he fights fights Shibata, it's going to be... Shaf is going to like literally near enough murder Gabe Kidd and then Shibata is there just to pick the boats. (laughs) 
<laughs> like I like honestly, I've watched Sharp as a he can do like really heavy bruising heavyweight like he uh, Sharp can easily take it very violent. I've seen his match with Nick Gage. I'm not going to forget that one in a hurry. <laughs> like, so for people like myself and Josh who have never seen him previously, you're expecting some brutality in this one. I'm expecting brutality if. Gabe Kibb, Gabe will easily manage to hold his own, but Shaft can take that a can go that wee, that little bit over the edge. Okay, okay. It, might, it, gets, to, it gets to it gets to a point where Shaft has to literally like might actually lose by DQ because he's gone too far. Okay, I'm excited for this match now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we've got ourselves another title match. It's the Defy women's title match between Vert Vixen, the champion, who's beaten the likes of Maki Ito in that reign, going up against Hyan, someone who's also on the Rev Pro show, or is she, with the injury caused by Sky Smithson? So there could be an injury angle played here as well. I don't know too much about Vert Vixen or Hyan, to be honest, but it's two wrestlers that sometimes when I go to these shows, like I went to the, uh, what's the WXW show at the Dome a few years ago, the German show, and I didn't know hardly anyone on that card and came away with like three or four favorite wrestlers from that show. So I'm hoping that I come away with a similar feeling from Vert Vixen and Hyan. Is that a similar view that you have, Josh, or, or have you watched these two previously? I'm the exact same as you, mate. Yeah, hope to be impressed, really. Um, but I can also... Similar comparison with me would be I remember seeing Laura Di Matteo for the first time and then about a month or so later was probably the only person in the ballroom who wanted her to win the program's women's title. So, yeah, I'm potentially picking up some new favourites of this show as well. So, yeah, looking forward to it. How about you, Callum? Yeah, I probably... I, depending on how fit Hyen is, it probably is going to be a fixing routine. Fixing has had, like... All right, she has been used as maybe the job or role recently because she had the match against Mercedes Martinez during the Honor. Yes, Coco will remember she had a very bad match against Jade Cargo at the beginning of the year, but then Jade Cargo is still green, so we can't really fault her for that. She is starting to reach like midpoint in her career, so she is she's getting there. It's just needed she's just needing that one match where it's like, okay, maybe we start booking you on slightly bigger companies, like maybe we'll get you out of the fight and into like more into Ring of Honor, more into lower down the card on like the AEW roster because AEW really needs to build their women's division. Yeah. Next up, we've got ourselves a match that features absolute stalwarts of the Electric Ballroom. This time they're going up for the Defy Tag Team titles up against the Bollywood Boys, of course, <laughs> who were known on 205 Live and on SmackDown with Jinder Mahal. Quite famously, they got dropped on their heads by Randy Orton. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very gifable, memeable moment. But after their release from the WWE, they've certainly gone onto the indies and really towed the path and impressed people. And they've won the tag team titles here in Defy. And they are in a match against the Sunshine Machine that I think could possibly steal the show on this card. Sophia, I think you're back in the room on the podcast. Is this a match that would excite you? I think so. Yeah, sorry. I'm uh, just a little bit out of the loop on, on this card, to be honest, in general. So I don't know how much I have to offer, but, um, you know, yeah, I think so. <laughs> but the possibility of the Sunshine Machine picking up an international tag title in the ballroom would be a massive pop. It would be. And, you know, even from my sort of more limited experience of going to Progress recently, they are so over 
in London, you know, and some tag teams you can say like, oh, they're great chasing or like Sunshine Machine are like a kind of rare example of like a really good kind of dominant baby face tag team who can have these titles and actually you know, it doesn't have to be the heels holding the titles and the baby faces chases, you know, they do so well as like the taken on all comers and stuff. So yeah, it would, I think it would be a big moment. Absolutely. And then we end with the main event, the Defy World title, a match between former Progress champion Mark Haskins taking on Kenta in the ballroom, which it absolutely blows my mind. The fact that, that we're going to see Kenta in the electric ballroom, hopefully hitting a GTS better than what CM Punk hit on Collision on Saturday. Mm. <laughs> I am massively excited for this. Two wrestlers that I'm massive fans of. Two wrestlers that I think their styles will match really, really well chemistry-wise. I think that we should be treated to a really fun match here and a match that has been proved in the Electric Ballroom in the past with Johnny Gargano being beaten by Mark Haskins for the Smash World title in a surprising win. Haskins could potentially come away with the world title here. So... Very excited for this one, even though it is early doors. Um, I'm going to be hyped for it. How about you, Josh? Yeah, I'm the same, mate. I'm, I'm thoroughly looking forward to seeing Kento up close. Uh, I've seen Mark Haskins in four or five different promotions in the last six, seven years in different roles. Sometimes he's been the opener. Sometimes he's been the main event. I watched him main event a 1PW show against Rob Van Dam last year, which was rather bizarre. <laughs> yeah, really looking forward to this one. And I think it's pretty cool. A stalwart of, of progress years gone by gets to have such a big match in the ballroom, which I think is pretty cool. Absolutely. Callum, are you excited for this one? Yeah, yeah. It was one of the only matches in the card where it was like, okay, maybe I need to, okay, I need to go back to Defy and re look at the card and <laughs> get back to watch them since I've kind of fallen off the bandwagon with them. But it's like, I would be surprised if Mark Haskins didn't win the belt. Ooh. Like, yeah, I would I love that say. for him because obviously, uh, I would love, like with what Haskins has done and what he happened in his career, like he could have done a lot more in TNA if he didn't get injured. But yeah, I'd probably say Haskins wins. I think Kent is just going to go back to Japan, and anytime he's going to go stateside, it's probably to face Kingston for that strong championship. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I was about to say that it would be exciting for me as a Haskins fan that he was back in the US because he obviously ended his Ring of Honor run early because of the pandemic and he was doing really well over there so it's a shame that um that came to an abrupt end and hopefully he can get his career state side back on track with a win here Sophia if you were coming to this show is this a match that you would be pretty hyped for yeah um I think it should be interesting I've been a little hot and cold on Kenta uh in ring wise I think he's got quite a fun character at the moment and I think there's kind of a, him kind of playing up, you know, being in the US more as, uh, and this sort of American influence on his wrestling is kind of an interesting kind of thing for his character, considering that, you know, I think we all still will have memories of uh, how intense and uh, much more kind of orthodox he was back in his Noah days. Yeah. So I, I think Kenta will retain. I, I think it would just kind of more be a novelty of being able to get him to see him in a very small room setting I, I couldn't really tell you too much about how the match will go fair fair it's certainly one that i'm excited for and that wraps up the defy show so we move over to the afternoon show which is progress chapter 154 it's clobbering time wink wink
first up, let's talk about Lizzie Evo versus Kanji, a match that I'm certainly excited for. I think I did the maths earlier. It's something like 260 days since Kanji's wrestled in progress, since she lost to Lana Austin in Dubai. Uh, so it's been a long time since we've seen her, and I have to admit that I'm a massive Kanji mark, and her run to the title <laughs> with her trilogy of matches against Shaw, who is obviously now in Impact Wrestling, were fantastic. And the fact that she's back in progress, I'm really excited for. And the fact that she's wrestling Lizzie Eva really excites me as well. Someone that I saw quite a bit when I went to the NXT UK tapings when she was working under Eliza Alex and gimmick. And I was always really impressed with her, with her in Zaya Brookside. I thought she had some real good character work and some good in-ring work too. And I think it's interesting here because Lizzie Eva hasn't won in progress in the calendar year. But she has been kind of pointing out the fact that a lot of the wrestlers in the women's division have been a bit unserious. The likes of Millie McKenzie and Session Moff, and she's been wanting serious competition. And she's definitely going to get that with Kanji, someone who wrestles with real intensity. And I, and I know that's something that you saw this week, Josh. I did. I watched her in Leicester in a triple threat match with Spike Gervais and Manlike Derice, which was a heck of a match, really. And I, I can confirm Kanji's still really good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm I'm very looking forward to this one, actually. In terms of, again, like you said, Lizzie's not had the best of time in progress recently. Uh, Candy's a former women's champion returning to the promotion, which would be cool. So, yeah, I think it's two women with a point to prove. And I think this one will be great. Yes, it's uh, quite nice because you can look at it in a negative way and say it's two people that are on the downward spiral. But also it's a match with stakes because both of them really need to win it. So adds a bit of bite to it. Callum, thoughts on this one? I would probably say Kanji wins. And this is kind of the momentum she gets to build to say like to chase Lana Austin again to get her rematch for the women's title. But Lizzie's still a good young wrestler. She's just what how old is Lizzie? Like twenty four. She's still got time in her career where she could easily become progress women's champion. She could be the next one. If Kanji ends up does get to face Lana Austin again and Lana does get the better of Kanji a second time around, Lizzie could be the next contender to the championship. Like I know Lizzie's still ha- Lizzie's having a good run especially up north. Okay, she did loss against Rio at Shugs last weekend, two weekends, two weeks ago. But she's just one of these women, one of the women that's in progress and we should definitely keep an eye on. Absolutely. And Sophia, I'm assuming that you haven't seen these two for some time, but have any of them taken yeah, your eye? I can't remember the last time I saw Kanji. Uh, it might have been at Rev Pro, uh, but it might have also been at Progress. I believe she was on the was on that Rev Pro anniversary show. I'm a big fan of hers. I know she's had some rough luck with injuries, uh, and usually when she does, it ends up meaning that someone else seems to take her push. Uh, I think you <laughs> yeah. can definitely point to pre-pandemic her injury being the opportunity that allowed Giselle to get really massive in Rev Pro and and kind of progress as well. And obviously, progress played that off in a feud. I like Lizzie from. What I've seen of her, I think the most I've enjoyed her was in Eve. I, I, if I remember correctly, she had a match on the Queendom show I went to last year when they had, it was like a afternoon show and an evening show. And I went to the evening show and she had a match with Nina Samuels. It was surprisingly intense. Uh, so yeah, I think this match should be good and hopefully quite straightforward, if that makes sense, you know, like um, no gimmicks or stuff, just fighting. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Talking about gimmicks... Next up, we've got ourselves a team match where we're going to have Team <laughs> Simon Miller against Team Tate Mayfairs. And, uh. and this is absolutely wrapped up in Wrestling Should Be Fun with Dom providing a oh. ring announcing gig for 
Tate Mayfair's on Instagram Live and him accepting. So who knows? Dom could be doing the. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize it'd been made into a tag match. I thought it was still singles. Yeah, it's a tag. Yep. So Dom Cook, so Dom might be in the ring doing Tate Mayfair's intro and SoCal Val doing Simon Miller's. That would be absolutely fantastic fun if that happens. Mm. Probably won't happen, but let's be honest, it would Have be brilliant fun. How much is that? Like a five man? Is that a ten on? Is that a ten man? Is that a six man? I believe Progress have just announced Simon Miller's team, but I'll let Josh put me on that as that happened. I think the statement was due as we were recording. And Tate Mayfair has been on his socials for the past week and a half, <laughs> trying to get people to join his team. And he's been getting a lot of no's <laughs> so far. <laughs> and they've all been fantastic fun. Uh, he is an absolute blast on social media. If you don't follow him, you absolutely should. He's fantastic on, on social media. So this one obviously stems from the unboxing match where these two had their... <laughs> match where Tate Mayfair was waiting for his opponent that as it was unboxing obviously didn't know who it was and Simon Miller <laughs> was dressed as an elf <laughs> and took his elf costume off to reveal his his wrestling attire underneath it. and they had their match which Tate Mayfair won through nefarious means as always where he rolled him up using the tights so this one isn't done and eight months after that match we get the tag match between them so Josh has it been announced to Simon Miller's team is Simon Miller's team might be the most wrestling should be fun team of all time because it is Simon <laughs> Miller, it is Charles Crowley, and it is Gene it's Money. Yeah, I was just saying on Twitter just now. Which signed me right up to take on <laughs> the guy with the crap fragrance. <laughs> <laughs> so, and if he wants to say anything rude about my mother again, I'll be humble. Well, <laughs> he'll find out. <laughs> So firstly, Josh, uh, what are your thoughts on, the, on this upcoming tag match? And who do you think might be Tate's team? Well, Tate's not really got any friends, has he? Because he just moans <laughs> about everything. <laughs> First of all, I was delighted that Simon Miller wrestled the unboxing because it got me a much-needed Pickums point. So I was absolutely <laughs> And I believe I was the only person who picked Simon Miller out of the whole group. So I was ecstatic. Never been so happy to see an elf before. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think this will be loads of fun. But I, I think at the same time, as much as you know, it, it will be a lot of fun. I think there is a pretty fun story to it as well. Actually, you know, you got Tate who is so pissed off that nobody takes him seriously, and people like me kind of take the piss out of him. But I think he'll put a lot of into this because, as you said, it's been what eight months now since unboxing when this really got going. And I think Simon Miller's always got a point to prove in the ring because of his background. He's the YouTube guy. But he can go. He's got a heck of a spear, as, as Tate Mayfair's found out. So hopefully we can see that again and again and again on Saturday. And I'll be a very pleased man. Do you have a wild speculation on who his tag team partners will be? Well, he's kind of in a, some form of partnership with Harry Singh in the promotion local to me. But I, I see he's tried that and it's not really gone <laughs> his way, which is such a shame. I, my heart bleeds for poor Tate, bless him. Whatever scumbags he can find to team up with him, I guess. Do you think potentially the Progress Tag Team Champions might be around? I mean, it'd make a lot of sense. I think I saw somewhere that they are on the show in some form. So, yeah, that that, that definitely would make a lot of sense to me. That's my prediction, I think. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a solid pick. I'll give you that. How about you, Callum? I wouldn't be surprised if the Progress Tag Champions do show up with it. Yeah. Because it's... Oh, we have the Tag Champions. Is it Greedy Souls? No, it's not Greedy Souls. It's... The Smoking Aces? Yeah, smoking aces. Yeah, yeah, I can see smoking aces showing up with Tate, but then it gets to a point where it's like, bro, are you serious? And they just walk out on him. <laughs> <laughs> and, it ends with, and it just signs for your 1, 2, 3, Dodd. 
<laughs> could be Dom. They could be Dom. <laughs> could be, be Dom. A heck of a pick. That'd be a heck of a partner. I'll give him that. How about you, Sophia? Are you on the Tate Mayfair's train like the rest of us? Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a very real possibility it's five on one. Uh, <laughs> I could see a sort of a Dom from wrestling should be fun shaped luchador in Tate's quarter, possibly. <laughs> um, I, I think it's probably for the, yeah, I couldn't possibly comment on who Tate may or may not have. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, just Dom in his 299 Rey Mysterio mask in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So enough of that shenanigans, and let's move on to the serious stuff, which is Progress Women's title match between Lana Austin and Raven Creed. So this is a match that is absolutely steeped in history. Obviously, Raven Creed and Lana Austin have had their past history where Raven Creed was drawn to having a straight jacket match against Lana <laughs> Austin, which was actually the match that Sky Smithson first arrived in terms of being part of the Lana Austin experience. And she interacted <laughs> herself into that match and helped Lana win. I think I was then... at that match. Oh, nice. That cool. May have been the, yeah, may have been one the last progress show I went to. I can't remember, but I feel like I remember that match. It was pretty memorable stuff for straight jacket match. <laughs> um, and then from there, Raven Creed went on a bit of a spiral and uh, started to blame Danny Luna for putting false hope into her. And then Danny Luna ended up accepting a match against her, which she beat Danny Luna, which is obviously a massive win when you think about where Danny Luna is at the moment in pro wrestling. And she's got her positivity back and her confidence back. And she's ready to take on Lana Austin, not this time for anything more than pride. This time it is for the Progress Women's title match. So has Lana Austin's previous actions caused her to potentially lose the title on the weekend to Raven Creed, Josh? think raven will come up just short i'd like her to win it'd be great if she did it'd be a fantastic moment for us all to see but i think i'm not sure with this lana austin run where it kind of ends to be honest in a karaoke bar somewhere well yeah <laughs> be stripped of the title for singing i'm not sure if that's a, a rule in wrestling you can lose a title by singing too much hopefully <laughs> <laughs> but i think la taylor's going to be there is that right correct yeah, yeah. yeah. which is a pretty good enforcer to have so maybe I know we spoke about Kanji and Lizzie Evo. Maybe Kanji can come out and kind of second Raven. I don't know. But yeah, looking forward to this one as well, given you know the story elements that go into it. Talking about um, the Rev Pro card earlier with the potential of Sky Smithson into the match, something that Progress fans may have forgotten is the fact that, of course, Riho is the holder of the Thunder Bastard key. So, mm. Oh, yeah. That is something that has yet to go further in progress so it has been there's... announced for their card in birmingham is that right yeah that's right yeah yeah, yeah. Could end up doing it end up doing an eddie dennis oh that was some madness <laughs> that happened in the alexander palace wasn't it <laughs> sophia uh what is your thoughts on this one do you think lana austin retains yes i think whether you like her or, or dislike her or whatever i think progress are really looking kind of trying to build her as like a sort of female face of the company type so i think she gets a, a long reign i don't see an ending right now fair fair next up we've got what could be one of the most critical matches on the card we've got the bad times coming between paul robinson and nathan cruz obviously this match built 
at Super Strong Style Weekend, where Nathan Cruz picked up a surprise win over Will Ospreay in the quarterfinal in pretty nefarious means, where he used the progress staff that he came out to rapturous applause to and people thought that he'd changed his tune and that he was going to lean into his legacy with the brand and be a babyface. but oh no it's the same old Nathan Cruz that we know and hate and he managed to convince the referee that it was Will Ospreay that hit him with the staff and he got DQ'd and he went through to the semi-finals and Paul Robinson is not having any of that and he's basically said on Twitter that he has a utmost respect for Nathan Cruz on a professional level But on a personal level, he's been waiting for years to kick his fucking face in. (laughs) (laughs) So that's Paul Robinson for you. And Nathan Cruz has said that he's no stranger to violence and that he welcomes Paul Robinson bringing the bad times. And he'll prove that he's second to none at its clobbering time. So I think this is a really nice build to this match. Two wrestlers that go way back in the annals of progress wrestling and two wrestlers that can go still. And I think that there's going to be quite a intensity to this match that I'm looking forward to. Josh, what what are your thoughts on this one? Pretty similar, to be honest, mate. I think Robbo's someone who I've not seen live for a number of years, but I know when he goes, he can really fucking give it to someone. So I'm really looking forward to just sheer and utter carnage in this match, to be honest. Yeah, the last time that we saw him at Super Strong Style Day 3, he had it in for Joe Lando. I don't know what Joe Lando did, but he wasn't happy with him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Callum? Yeah, this is good. It's just like an old like progress. This is like one of the matches that kind of like got me into progress. Like Nathan is a for is was the first progress champion, if I'm mind correctly. It was the first one, yeah. Yeah, it's like I could see this match end up. It might end up a bit brutal. There might be uh, some red stuff, red on that <laughs> canvas at the end of the night. A little bit of claret. It. A little bit of claret. You don't know. It may we could end up seeing some point down the line maybe a source of essence reunion facing off against. Nathan with a tag partner might end up being somebody from the original days from Progress. It could end up being, I don't know, it could end up being Dave Mastiff. It could end up, and we get the origin. Oh, yeah, back with together. the time with the time with the origin with Nathan Cruz. Yeah, yeah, we could get the origin. We might end up bringing in Matt Myers in. He's never really had a run in Progress unless he did the Endeavor shows. As I'm not sure. No. I, well, I think I believe he might have done some of the Endeavour shows back in the day, as best of my knowledge. But this is probably going to be one of the better matches on the card. I agree. It's, it's probably not going to be probably what maybe the second. Probably it's going to be one of the matches that's going to surprise people. Yeah, absolutely. Sophia, I'm assuming that you haven't seen either of these two wrestlers in absolutely ages. Yeah, I don't really know if I've got anything to say about this one. I am happy Nathan Cruz is back. He used to write these quite quite very long and thought out kind of year in his review like blog posts that actually you know for quite London centric wrestling fans kind of were very interesting and kind of showed you like how it's different and what happens when you know he was being quite frank about work drying up on promotions outside in London so I'm glad you know he's around he obviously is incredibly proficient but yeah I, I don't really do have too much to say on this one I'm afraid all good, mate. All good. And happy to hear that you're happy that Nathan Cruz is back too, because I'm a big fan. Next up, we've got ourselves a real fun storyline match here where Kid Lykos, of course, who won the Super Strong Style 16 tournament last time out, last time that we were in the ballroom, which seems years ago now, he managed to best four wrestlers over three days. 
And he's named September 24th as his time to cash in his uh, title shot against Spike Trevay. And Spike Trevay is not happy that he's making him wait. So he's put Bullet up against Kid Lycos in a match where obviously he's trying to hope that Bullet will do his dirty work for him as he always does. And the one armed and the one armed, <laughs> sorry, the, the one man armory, not the one armed armory. <laughs> Bullet will take out Kid Lycos before they're even able to get to that show. This is obviously going to be brilliant babyface versus heel action. Also brilliant fighting from underneath babyface action, which is my favorite Bret Hart style uh, matchup. And the crowd at the ballroom are now firmly behind Kid Lycos. Bullet, I know for a fact, is not a fan of Kid Lycos's sudden turn into a herodom. And he thinks that he should go back to being a shit wolf. <laughs> and, that he's got no, <laughs> and that he's got no hope of beating himself or Spike if he's just counting on the Progress fans. So there's loads of story here and I'm really, really looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to seeing Bullet being handed a big singles match, something that we've not really seen much from him in the ballroom, apart from that uh, match that he had against Tom Dawkins where he pretty much squashed him. So yeah, let's um, hear about your thoughts on this one, Josh. Yeah, I think over the last year or so, I think Bullet's turned into one of my favourite wrestlers on the scene, to be honest. I just think in-ring-wise, he's fantastic. I think his character work is great. I think he's... I know storyline-wise, it makes a lot of sense given the other match on this show as well. I don't think right now Kid Lycos could face anyone like more perfect given that he's going to come back to the ballroom, the conquering hero, one super strong style. He's got the big title match coming up. If you want to put a big nasty guy against him, I don't think you could pick anyone better on the whole roster than Bullet. So I think, yeah, the crowd will be really into this one. I think in-ring-wise, it'll be great. Really looking forward to seeing that you couldn't get two more contrasted styles, really. Uh, and I think Bullet's going to really enjoy himself beating up a shitty little wolf as he calls it hopefully not too much because i'd quite like kid like us to win but yeah my yeah, prediction sure. on this one is that kid like us wins but he barely gets out yeah yeah it would make a lot of sense given um the task that uh spike Gervais has given bullet for this match yeah uh callum completely agree with josh and yourself i haven't really seen much bullet much bullet up with his stuff in progress so and but then kid like us like we said he did win the Super strong style. He should realistically get that chance against Spike Trevay in September. It's it is the roadblock that's that Lycos needs, but not. I can't see when it comes to September, Lycos beating Spike Trevay. I think there's. I'm not even too sure who's eventually going to take that title away from Spike. Yeah, and Sophia, I know that you probably don't quite um, understand this, but I promise you that organically somehow. Kid Lycos has become the number one babyface in progress, and people. Uh, I saw, I saw the strong star results. And he's um, always had his big fans um, when he's teaming with Chris Brooks and stuff. And I like this. I like Lycos Jim. It's good that they're sort of very. You know, this year it feels like they're trying to make it up to him for how they wrote him into the Jonathan Gresham, Cara Noir stuff from. Before Strong Style eight, over a year ago, that was an absolute mess. But um, I, I think, yeah, it's it's cool that they're just elevating him. I also don't think he's beating Spike, and I have no idea who will beat Spike. I think Spike's going to hold that title for a very long time. But I, I see this match being, you know, Bullet's probably going to beat him up pretty bad, but I, I think the finish at least is going to be very decisively in Lycos's favor. And if they're smart, they can maybe the finish will set up what they're doing 
in the match in September as well. Like, you know, maybe there's a new finisher or he uses something Spike does to kind of call him out. Nice. I like that idea. He also did manage to hit the Brain Buster on Big Demo on day one of Super Strong to put him away, which is unreal. So if he does that on Bullet as well, fair play to that wolf. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next up is a match that is probably the indie dream match right now. Two wrestlers that are so buzzworthy. Nick Wayne versus Leon Slater. This match has happened in January, I believe, on pay-per-view in GCW. And in just those eight months, the stars have raised dramatically. Their stocks have raised. And the match eight months later is suddenly a marquee match. And it's one that I am absolutely buzzing for. Not too much that I can say about it beyond it's going to be blink and you miss it flips and I cannot wait. Josh? Yeah, I know it's a pretty big statement, but aside from the main event of All In, this might be the match I'm looking forward to the most all weekend. Um, I saw Leon Slater wrestle just over a year ago in Sheffield. He wrestled uh, Kanosuke Takeshikura and the match was just as ridiculous as you can imagine. And Nick Wayne is, again, like you said, seems to be one of the buzz guys at the moment. We get to see him twice in the same day, which I can't believe, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, this match is going to be absolutely off the scale, and I absolutely can't wait for it. Who's your pick? I'm going to lean towards Leon, but again, neither result would surprise me. But I would like to think that the more progress-based wrestler would get the win here. Nice. Callum? I'd probably say Leon, but I probably because he's got the history of progress. Nick Wayne's just the import. But it doesn't stop Nick Wayne. But um, Nick Wayne's still young. It doesn't stop it. Stop him showing up. You can still say, I don't know, for fucking states, I'm going to the UK for like two years or something and make a name safe for himself. Yeah. You mentioned that they're still young. And I think combined that these two aren't even 40 yet. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, let's see. They're only both 18. So <laughs> Crazy. Sophia, I'm assuming that this is one of the matches that... Oh, you're this pre- is the match I'm most uh, like upset I'm missing. I think... Um... You know, like if you put this on the Rev Pro show, it's pretty much maybe only second from you know second from the top probably in terms of kind of interest or something. I think it's like a real, real exciting gem of a match on paper. I think Nick Wayne wins though because I think he's already been kind of strongly booked in progress. You know, against these other kind of young talent. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but he went over Callan Newman in his debut, uh, who's yeah. obviously another prominent young name. And since then, he's now had a very successful angle on AEW television. So I think Nick wins this one. But yeah, I mean, if this isn't the best match of the show, then something strange is happening in a, you know, a good way, I suppose, that something is able to top this. My like little fun moment that they could book here is uh, obviously Leon Slater is having to zoom over from the Copper Box to be in this match after the Red Pro show. And <laughs> I can imagine like, Doing a, a little nod to Darby Allen where he skateboards in. <laughs> it's a ballroom. Booking moment. <laughs> it's <a> ballroom <laughs> conducive for skateboarding. I feels very <laughs> angular. <laughs> uh, I'd quite like Man Like Del Boy to make a return to progress and take Leon Slater in the three wheeled van up to the uh, Repro Show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and next up, we've got ourselves Ricky Knight Jr. having his second battle against another junior on a card and Ricky Knight Jr. is taking on Davy Boy Smith Jr., which is on Wembley weekend, a fabulous get from Progress, in my opinion. The nostalgia and sentimentality around Davy Boy Smith at Wembley Stadium and having 
booked David Boy Smith for the show is a bit of marketing genius, in my opinion. He's up against Ricky Knight Jr. here for the Progress Atlas title. David Boy Smith answered the open challenge. And this is obviously steeped in history as well. You've got the Knight family, one of the most prominent families in British wrestling, against the Smith Hart family, one of the most prominent families in Canadian slash British wrestling as well. So the story's all there. The battle of two families, the battle of two big boys going at it for the Atlas title. I'm massively excited for this one. Haven't seen David Boy Smith Jr. wrestle since like 2015 or something, maybe when me and Shafi went to Cheltenham Civic Hall to go and watch him wrestle on the same bill as Hussein Liger and AJ Styles. It was a bit of a weird one. (laughs) Um, And yeah, just massively excited. What are your thoughts on it, Josh? Yeah, I think Davey Boy was the first thing that Progress announced this show way back when. Like you said, mate, I think it's great. Give him a big spot on this weekend. Hopefully it's not the only time we've seen this weekend in some form. But yeah, as a match itself, I think Ricky Knight's kind of worked his way up to this Atlas title. I think he feels like he's got a bit of a point to prove. And I think if he can get the win here over such a big name on such an important weekend, I think that'll be great for him. And I, I kind of hope he does, really. Um, I'm looking forward to see David Boy Smith wrestle. I can't say I've, I think I've seen him wrestle live before. Can't say I've seen him wrestle properly since his time in New Japan. But yeah, really looking forward to this one. I think it should be great. Have you also seen that Progress have brought out the um, the tracky tops that are in the style of British Bulldog and Bret Hart? I did see that, yeah. Yeah, and um, as much as this weekend might be a rather expensive one for me, given I'm not, still not paid for my hotel until I get there on Friday, I might be tempted by this one at the match stands, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, they do look great, don't they? Yeah. What are your thoughts on this one, Callum? Um, I'd probably say Ricky Knight Jr. wins, but I can see David Boy living up the gimmick. So, like, it's been, what, 20... No, sorry, it's nearly, what, 30 years since... 31 years, yeah. 31 years. So, like, I can see him living up the gimmick, coming out in his dad's year. Like, Demi Boy's actually been on a pretty decent running over an MLW at the moment. He is the Opera Cup winner, so he'll get a shot against Alex Cade soon for the heavyweight title. But if if Demi Boy does win, it's how long does he actually stay around for? It's like, does he come and have, like, a three, four-month spell in progress because, well, say, for example, if he does end up winning the title here, he could end up facing Brian Cage next month in Sheffield, because I know they've, that's been, he's yeah, been scheduled Brian, to have PR, um, so it could end up being Brian a match Cage there. Brian Cage announced for Birmingham and Sheffield, yeah. Uh, well, that could be, you could get a match either there, but if Ricky Knight got the win under, says, like, oh, I bet David Boy Smith, he's a former WWE tag team champion, he's done, he's got all these accolades, it's something to put on his notch in his belt. Yeah, how how much do you think they lean into the Wembley match of ninety two? Do you think they they go with the same finish? Potentially, but it will be a Ricky Knight win. Yeah. How about you, Sophia? How do you see um, them booking David Boy Smith Junior? I think they go for the Wembley finish, but it's a two count. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think a Ricky Knight win probably. Although the point about the you know MLW Opera Cup title shot is interesting, and they could have Davey Boy take it for a little bit until that story's done with and then drop it back to someone else, whether that's Ricky Knight or someone else entirely afterwards. But um, I think RKJ probably wins. It's definitely, you know, he, I think he will hit Davey Boy very hard and Davey Boy will try and hit him very hard, but probably rely more on the submission game and stuff like that that we've seen in his Bloodsport appearances. So, yeah. You must have seen him in Bloodsport a fair bit. What's he been like in that? I've only really seen him like once or twice. The first time I was actually quite impressed. Uh, I don't think other people liked the match that he had. 
as much as I did, but it was, it was against Killer Cross, I think, or uh, Carrion Cross, but yep. Uh, yep. it's probably the Carrion Cross match I've liked the most. So, yeah, I thought it was surprisingly good on that very first Bloodsport show. Still an absolutely fantastic show. Yeah, hopefully kind of get like a, I don't know, yeah, a clash of styles here, but I do think... Uh, I, I don't know who's going to do it on who. I, I would imagine Davey Boy and Ricky Knight, but I I think they go for that Wembley finish, but kick out of two, and then the actual finish is something different. Yeah. No matter what, I'm still biting on it. <laughs> people people are going to... Their breath is going to halt, and then there will be a very loud... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which leads us nicely into the last match that they've got here on Cage Match, which is a non-title match. Spike Chavez versus Kid Lycos 2. As mentioned previous, Spike Chavez is angry that he's having to wait to have his title match against Kid Lycos. And he said that the next best thing is to beat up Kid Lycos 2. And he's warned that uh, he doesn't know what horror is. And the fact that, of course, he's challenging Kid Lycos 2 when he knows full well that Kid Lycos 2 is a tag team specialist and has never won a singles match in progress. It puts all of the power in the play of Spike Chavez, which is the way that he likes it. And Kid Lycos will be the massive underdog. But maybe, just maybe, we get a bit of embarrassment here for Spike Chavez. And that's the reason that it's a non-title match. Does Kid Lycos 2 pick up his first win, Josh? No, I don't think so. <laughs> but I, I, I kind of have got it in my head that this is kind of going to be a bit of a horror show for Kid Lycos 2. Um, I'm kind of thinking to Wrestling Booking 101, you think of Undertaker, Ric Flair, the build to that. How did Undertaker get to Ric Flair? He beat up all Ric Flair's mates. He beat up his family. I could see Spike. I know Spike and Bullet are kind of a bit annoyed by Lycos. I could really see Spike taking it out on Kid Lycos too here. I could see the mask getting torn. I could see blood. I could see it being a real horror show in terms of... could be a long night for Kid Lycos too here. And I think that'll be the way to kind of for Spike to get his own back after I think Kid Lycos will beat Bullet. And then I think later in the night, Spike will come out all angry. Maybe even have Bullet kind of, Bullet has to kind of prove himself against Spike after losing maybe and kind of lay the beating on Kid Lycos too. But yeah, I've got a feeling we're going to once again be leaving the ballroom chanting nasty things at Spike Treve. <laughs> yeah, a horror show is kind of what Spike Treve has promised. Is that how you see it going as well, Callum? Yeah, more likely it's going to end. It's going to be the end of the night where Spike's got the world championship in one hand and he's got Lycos's mask on the other. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that sounds like the sort of bastard thing that you do. And like, <laughs> all, you've got, all you've just got is Spike just standing on top of Lycos. Not even just on his chest, like getting the fake count. He's actually just literally standing on top of his head. <laughs> it depends how far like Lycos goes with like the mask as the gimmick. Blah blah blah. He's got to protect himself if he gets on Mars. There's you two I mean, coming wanna... up with absolutely it's... savage ways that kid like us two gets beaten up, and there's me thinking <laughs> sorry, that he picked up his first uh, win. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I've seen Spike. I saw what Spike did to the black, like the Black Swan trilogy, and all the stuff they've had. Yeah, he's more than capable of being an absolutely nasty bastard. Absolutely. And to end this one, uh, Sophia, do you have it as a Spike win here as well? Yeah, I guess the question is. Like, is it this savage beating that ends when Spike wants it to end and is very one-sided and decisive, or does Spike bite off a little more than he can chew and need to use a little bit of underhanded stuff to get out of there? And uh, to be honest, it could go either way, but I don't think Kid Lycos' two is that zero is going on the Saturday. 
Uh, for singles, I don't know. Don't worry, kid like us too. I still will pick for you. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you back that up in the pickums. Oh, Ross, Ross I will. Jay Uso, by the way. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that wraps up what is sure to be an absolutely stupendous weekend of wrestling in the UK. Of course, there's the AEW show as well, but there's going to be plenty of podcasts that do the previews for that show. So we'll leave that to those lot. And that wraps up episode 104 of the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast with Sophia. Thanks so much for coming back onto the podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you on. No, thanks for having me. It's um, nice coming back on. I'll leave it uh, to the regular listeners to guess what name I had before. Uh, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's been really cool. And it's, yeah, it's, it's nice getting to talk about, you know, these big, important shows on the biggest weekend for british wrestling in in 30 years so yeah i'm looking forward to maybe i might be around to do the wow that was surely something episode uh, which i'm sure we'll be doing next week but um but i'm really looking forward to to hopefully seeing a whole bunch of you at some point over the weekend uh, even absolutely. though there'll be a lot of people around yeah absolutely looking forward to seeing you sophia um is there anything that you wanted to plug I'd say socials, but I'm sort of in between them due to the implosion of X. So if you are a lucky person who has Blue Sky, it's uh, KV Sophia. Also, uh, Discord is KV Sophia. So uh, you can find me on either of those two. Fantastic stuff. And Callum, thanks so much for hopping on for your first proper Wrestling Should Be Fun episode. Have you had a nice time? Yeah, I've yeah, been trained. Well, I've been trained to chase after your tail since the last, since I was on the quiz, and well, it's fine to be back. Um, right. Just to kind of reference a point that we had there earlier in the show, LP will be facing the War Dogs for the Strong Openweight titles, and he's getting Hikaleo in his corner. Oh, cool. Ah, nice. And that's going to be in, it's not the Kobe show, it's one of the other. Just, it's in Japan. Yeah, it's in Japan. It's, what, it's not one of the destruction. It's in the destruction tour. <laughs> More but sure of my pick that, uh, yeah, ELP and Shibata win. I guess ELP probably gets the pin uh, on Kid, but we'll see. Do you want that as your plug, or did you want to plug yeah, something just, else to come? Yeah, plug your, social, plug your socials. It's it's Cosby underscore PhD on literally everything. So most of the stuff is set to public now, so feel free. Fantastic stuff. And Josh, as always, thanks so much for your input and glad to hear how excited you are for the shows that you're coming to and looking forward to seeing you on the weekend. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you all as well. I'm just thinking about the terrible possibilities of possibly losing two, three, four shot rounds in the space of one day, which <laughs> absolutely both excites and terrifies me at the same time. Try not to think still... about it, mate. Can you imagine <laughs> doing shot rounds at all in with all these tag matches? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm really glad I don't drink. <laughs> no, no, we just know London is going to be an absolute nightmare traffic-wise. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, we are Wrestling Should Be Fun. You can find us at WSBFUN on Twitter, Wrestling Should Be Fun on TikTok, on Threads, on Instagram. And that is everything from us. Look after your mates and drink lots of water. See ya, pals. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun, wrestling should be fun.